Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Benzaka. Coming to you live from our studios in Koko Mlemle on DSTV Channel 421 and Go TV Channel 125. Tonight on Join News Prime, President of Parliament rescinds decision to hold post-budget workshop at Rock City Hotel after intense public backlash were caused at the current economic crisis. They plead with members to avail themselves. So we hold it here and not go anywhere. Considering the state of our economy, so speaker, it is only right that as members of parliament, we attempt to save the public's purse. We have details as both leaders of the House decide that the post-budget workshop will be held in parliament. And National Security Minister admits there were excesses in an operation in Garu, where soldiers allegedly brutalized residents after an earlier alleged attack on national security operatives. So speaker, in the aftermath of the joint operation, reports have emerged in respect of some excesses by the personnel who conducted the operation. More from Parliament, where MP has been demanding compensation to victims, revealing one of the persons who was brutalized has died. And negotiations for pay for the 2024 commences with organized labor pushing for an alleged 70% rate over government makes an initial offer of 15%. We have details from the very meeting today. And later, we'll bring you to the president also pay tax on his salary. We have details. A president, I think, you should be the one to set example for us to, I mean, to follow. So the president should pay tax. The president is not far from the citizens, so he needs to pay tax. Prime business comes your way at 8 p.m. And analysts or panelists of the Joy Business call for the removal of nuisance taxes in the 2024 budget. But in the end, you look at the budget that will come out and it's, it's so heavy on taxes. Mm. A budget that is supposedly uh, being support and to boost productivity, you see numerous taxes mm. in those budgets. And I, I think that that is not helping us. And Prime Sports is at 8.30. Ghana's Alpem Dakwa set sights on the $400,000 prize money in the CAF Women's Champions League ahead of their semi-final clash on Wednesday. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Stay with us. Joy News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Join News Prime. Let's begin from Parliament, where the House has beat a U-turn after intense public backlash about the decision to hold a post-budget workshop at the Rock City Hotel in Kweu. Now, members of Parliament were set to travel and stay at Rock City for three days for the workshop, but NDC MP for Buem raised the issue on the floor. 
fighting the decision because of the cost implications. Now, join you spoke to a cross-section of Ghanaians who called on Parliament to abandon the Rock City plan. But today's Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagwin, explained that the cost to Parliament to host the event at Rock City Hotel was so high compared to other facilities in the country. Any objective person and any patriot looking at the report as a guide will not say the post-budget question will be held at Rock City. The copy is there for everybody to come and look and read. The details are here. And as a speaker, I will not shortchange the interests of the country. Just because Honorable Brian Achampoy is my friend. I won't do that. Please, I'm not talking about people attending or not attending. I'm talking about the right decision. And so, Honorable Member, I can identify you. Please. You don't interrupt the speaker when he's speaking. The report is here. I am tempted to go by the proposals that were made on the floor. These discussions on the floor that day ignited a public debate of the matter. And in the social media, internationally, Parliament was taken to the cleanest. And members were considered as being insensitive and greedy. And that our Parliament was not responsive to the interests of Ghanaians. But there was no such decision. The thing was still under discussion. Now, both leaders now agree that the work shall be held in Parliament. What accounted for this sudden U-turn? In view of the fact that, the Speaker, you are saying that uh, it's generated a lot of heat, my advice, and I guess I will have the buy-in of the minority leader, is to entreat members that we hold the, the post-budget workshop here. If it's, a, if it's about cost, we plead with members to avail themselves. So we hold it here and not go anywhere. And not travel anywhere again. I will entreat my colleague to join ranks with me and we move on. The Honorable MP for Buem, the Honorable Kofi Adams, has indicated publicly that there is the need for Ghana's parliament to consider holding the post-budget workshop here. The speaker, he said this in good faith, considering the mood of the country, considering the state of our economy. The speaker, it is only right, it is only right that as members of parliament, we attempt to save the public's purse. The speaker, I support the call from the Honorable Member from, from, from Bueb, the Honorable Kofi Adams, that the post-budget workshop should be held here. 
Mr. Speaker, this is particularly important. Mr. Speaker, this is particularly important because, Mr. Speaker, clearly, clearly, we have to save the country from further expenditures. Mr. Speaker, I'm urging colleagues that in as much as we are holding the post-budget workshops here, members must also ensure that they attend. They must attend, and we should all participate fully. Mr. Speaker, oftentimes when you hold workshops here, members do not participate properly. And so, Mr. Speaker, I'm pleading with colleagues, I'm pleading with colleagues that we should all endeavor to participate and concentrate throughout the post-budget workshop while we hold it here. Now, the Speaker then made a ruling on the matter. I believe that democracy has finally decided and the people have prevailed on their representatives to decide that this year's post-budget workshop be held here in Parliament. Honourable members, it is so decided. But reporting will definitely be Saturday early in the morning. And we'll use the um, floor of the house as the main conference room. But the other conference rooms will serve for side workshops and the model has changed. We are now not going to listen to lectures from experts. It will not be lectures. It will be training of trainers. Now, Member of Parliament for Buem Kofi Adam says he feels vindicated. We have been elected to work basically in the house, and this is where we are so comfortable with this, where we are used to. We know every terrain here, and so having a workshop here is not out of the place at all. And so I am happy for it. Uh, I did call for it on Friday. Um, uh, the, the deputy majority leader disagreed with me. Uh, today, the issue was revisited, and I think the house adapted my position and agreed that we will have to have it here. And I'm happy for it. For once, we will be able to demonstrate to the admiration of all that members of parliament are actually very responsible and they can be here and have the workshop done and done successfully. And when we call for cost-cutting, when we call for cost-cutting initiatives and processes, we mean it because we are leading by, by example ourselves. Yes, uh, someone is saying that um, you made this call out of partisan standings and not truly from your heart. You were trying to gain some points for your side. How do you respond to that? I don't see what is about gaining points. This has always been asked. This is not the first time that we would have called for, for, for this. And you remember even whilst we were in power, many executive activities and workshops were actually done at Gimpa. So it is something that the NDC generally is known for. It's known for prudence. And so it's not out of place that this push 
will be coming from 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 us. We we noted for 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 prudence, and I did not do it just say to spite anybody politically. No, but that is us. And so every time NDC is in power, as much as possible, where we have we can cut costs, we always do it. Don't forget that President Mama had cost to integrate some ministries. The Ministry of Information and Ministry of Communication was put together with one minister and two deputies managing it. These are all cost-cutting initiatives that we did. Even at the time, we were not having uh, uh, DDEPs and we were not defaulting in our debt repayment. We thought it necessary to save cost for this country. So naturally that is what NDC does. We save money and put it into very important areas. So it is it is something that we do always. So nobody should take it like we, we are just saying it. We don't just say it. But we've lived it before and so it comes naturally. Well, the truth is that at all times you you hardly will get all members of parliament present and attending to business at the same time, one particular business. Then the only time you can get all members is usually on the 6th of uh, uh, January midnight after a general elections. That one, all of us assemble to be sworn in or to elect a speaker and to be sworn in. Now, away from Parliament, labor unions are pushing for 75.1% increase in base pay for the year uh, percent rate, while government makes an initial of 15%. Government agreed to pay a 30% increment down from the initial 120% in 2023 after weeks of negotiation. Now, we have details from this year's negotiation. But first, my colleague Kofi Ajay joins me in studio with details of what has transpired in previous years. So let's start with uh, the figures. Do we know how different is the, pay, uh, the base pay and then the minimum wage? So, Carlos, the <clears throat> minimum wage is actually what influences the base pay plus other factors. Mm. So what we know is that the minimum wage has increased from that four cities, 48 pesos in 2012 to now, I think, 14 cities, 88 pesos. So with that minimum wage plus other factors, such as inflation and depreciation of the CD and living standards, government comes up with what we call the base pay mm. for workers. And if you look at what we have on the smart wall right now, you can see the base pay from 2022 mm. to what labor is actually looking for in 2024. Mm. Let's go to 2023 when labor was demanding somewhere around 120% increment. Mm. They went to the negotiation table with government, and government told them we cannot afford, uh, you know, 120 percent. Labor came down to between 60 and 65, and later they saw that government was going through a lot. We had to even seek an IMF program. Mm -hmm. The city was not doing well. Inflation was on the rise. Labor then agreed to the 30 percent okay. increment in 2023. This the base pay, in fact. Okay. Now, going into 2024, mm -hmm. they know that once you bid around 60, you are likely to get somewhere around 30. Right. Mm -hmm. So now they've started the negotiation around 75. Okay. And we know that at the negotiation table, they want to come into a certain equilibrium with government. Government is still quoting 15%. Mm -hmm. But Labour is saying the best we can do for you currently is to move from that 65% 
uh, 75% to now between 60 to 65. And so we are hoping mm. that they will come to an agreement in terms of what the base pay increments will be okay. in 2024. So per the data and what you see on the task screen, uh, we've seen the base pay increase from that 7% in 2022. Mm -hmm. And labor is now looking for between 60 to 60. All right, for, for purposes of clarity, do we know what they actually asked for in 2022 and what they actually got? So in 2022, they asked for 120% increment, mm -hmm. brought it down to between 60 and 65, and finally they got, got 30%. Okay. Now, in 2022, it was not the 7% seven, the 7 that they, they actually started. Okay. They, they started with a higher figure. And just like you know, once you go to the negotiation table, both parties will have to come into equilibrium. And that was what was agreed on in 2022, 30% in 2023. Right. And now they are looking for 60% in twenty twenty. All right. Thank you so much. My colleague, Ophir giving us those statistics there. And so uh, joining us now on phone is Deputy Secretary General of the Trade Union Congress, the personal Joshua Ansar. Joshua, if you can hear me, clarify for us your Perfectly initial demand clear. and how far you're actually willing to go. Uh, are there any limits this time? I'm asking if you can clarify your initial demands for us and okay. how far you are willing to go. Okay, thank you very much. I think that's uh, hmm. like I said earlier on. Um, labor actually tabled 75.1%. And government actually came with a counter proposal of 10%. Um, during the negotiations back and forth, uh, government moved to 15% and the labor also moved down to 60%. So we are now 60% as against government 15%. That is where we got to, and I think, what, I mean, labor rejected that uh, 15%, and the government is also not willing to offer the 60%, so we have to adjourn the meeting and we continue tomorrow. All right. But just tell us what government reaction to this demand that you're making. Um, you see, if somebody is asking uh, for 75 to 1%, mm. and you come with 10%, I think uh, I would call it a non-stop. But uh, I think that they will call it uh, something they call the negotiation process. Mm. But I think that you have gone past this Macaulay type of negotiating. Because before somebody tables 75%, it has basis for demanding that 75%. Inflation is passed, cost of living is passed, and the, the proposed uh, expected inflation is also passed. So if you come with a total of 75%, we have a basis of demanding that 75.1%. So if as government you also want to come with a council proposal, I think they are talking about the ability to pay the economics have no money and so on and so forth. But you have made them to understand mm. that that kind of rhetoric you are not going to entertain it. Because every year when it comes to the table, we are here the same story. The economy is not good, the IMF, the this and that. So, somebody, I think that tomorrow, uh, organized labor leadership will meet in the caucus, and I think that you will actually take a decision on our fallback position for, for the negotiations to be concluded. All right, thank you so much for speaking to us here. Joshua Ansar is the Deputy Secretary General of the TUC. Now, away from the story, the Finance Minister will appear before Parliament in 48 hours to deliver the 2024 budget. Already, Ghanaians are clamoring for tax cuts to alleviate the financial pressure on the working class. 
Now, the Constitutional Review Consultative Committee also wants the president to bear the burden of citizens by starting to pay taxes. Now, we spoke with a diverse group of Ghanaians, and these are some of their perspectives. It is a very legitimate concern that has been raised by, you know, these um, stakeholders or um, individuals in the country that the president equally needs to pay taxes, I think. It's, it's a legitimate concern. And if you look behind me, you can see the Osajifu, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, who once also became a president of this republic. And I don't think Kwame Nkrumah was paying taxes. But Kwame Nkrumah believed his responsibility as a president. His role as a president in the lives of the ordinary people on the streets, in the, in the deplorable villages, which we call. So my problem is not about the president paying taxes. My problem is, is the president actually upholding to the responsibility as a president in this country? All the benefits we've been giving to them, even if they are upholding to the responsibilities they are supposed to uphold, I don't think taxations and whatever will be our problem. Well, I believe that um, the president, looking at the extent of his work um, and then what he does, should not pay tax. Yes, because um, his, his, his extent of work and what he does, thinking of the whole nation and all that, I don't believe he should pay tax. But then, um, that is why we picked him as a leader. Looking at um, the platonic suggestion of leadership, a leader should should be somebody who should be protected, and then should should be kept, and then go through thorough teaching, so that he all he does is that he should put things together and put things right. And so basically, I think that if you're a good citizen, you should set an example for the nation or your citizenry to follow. All right. So being a president, I think you should be the one to set example for us to, I mean, to follow. So the president should pay tax. Well, I never knew that the president doesn't pay tax. So for if you said it right now, I think the president should pay tax. Seriously, because they get everything for free. And, and, and it's, for me, it's wrong. Since they are being paid, they don't need to get things for free. They have to pay everything. Because as a normal Ghanaian, we are being paid, we are paying our tax, look at the shops and everything. So the president is not far from the citizens, so he needs to pay tax. Well, what do you also think about this particular subject? You can share your views with us on our social media handles. Away from that story, National Security Minister Albert Kandapa has admitted the military engaged in excesses when they stormed Garu after some national security operatives were allegedly attacked by resident now, MPs for the or the MP for the area have been demanding a parliamentary probe after residents were allegedly brutalized by military men deployed to the area. Now delivering a statement in Parliament on the matter, Kandapa told MPs despite the admitted excesses, he's unable to tell the House more because the matter is currently before court. Mr. Speaker, in many other jurisdictions, such attacks on security personnel in the course of their legitimate duties would be classified as an attack on the state. Mr. Speaker, subsequent to all this, on Saturday, October 28, 2023, the Minister of National Security and the Ghana Armed Forces conducted a joint operation in Garu to seize weapons used by the Irish youth groups to attack the national security personnel.
Mr. Speaker, in the aftermath of the joint operation, reports have emerged in respect of some excesses by the personnel who conducted the operation. Mr. Speaker, this aspect of the matter is currently before the court. It would therefore be inappropriate for me to comment on the matter as it would amount to contempt of court. That said, however, I would like to urge honorable members of the House to please exercise a prospection in discussing the matter for some three reasons. First, Mr. Speaker, because of the dire security situation we are confronted with in Boko as a result of the existing ethnic conflict in that area. Second, because of counter-terrorism operations going on in the area. And third, Mr. Speaker, because of the need to not to demotivate and demoralize our state security personnel. Now about MP for Garu Albert Alauzuga, who reiterated his quest for a parliamentary probe demanded compensation for victims. He also revealed that one of the victims has died after his car was broken. The way the military behaved in Garu, several people have broken arms and broken legs. Somebody has, the one who died, according to the autopsy report, he had a broken skull and two broken, broken ribs. Ms. Honorable Minister, if this is how military retrieve arms, and we want to know, like you said, it's in the court, and we are all eager to hear. We want to find out how many arms that were retrieved from Garu and Bugri, if there is any at all. I think that the minister and the national security, the architecture, they are your, so I can't question the way you are. People of Garu and Tempani and Bugri, we are heartbroken, and we call on the minister, we call on parliament to launch an, a full-scale investigation into this approach and let the facts be known to Ghanaians. Because this military approach of uh, always beating people mercilessly is one too many in the country. And I don't think that that is how. The other thing I want to call on government to do is to ensure that military is not trained for internal security. That is not their work. And so if you use them to, to do the wrong exercise, they will give you wrong results. Now, Minority Spokesperson on Defense and Interior, James Agaga, addressing journalists, described the action of the military as collective punishment. He also demanded to know who gave the order for the military to be deployed. Decide that you're going to subject an entire village, an entire district, two districts, to torture, inhumane treatment. That is the notion of collective punishment. That, that notion has become very archaic and has no place under a constitutional dispensation such as, such as ours. So the gross abuse of the rights of the people of Garu, Bugri, and Timpani is what we are talking about. Number two, the abuse of our armed forces is something that must attract the attention of all of us, particularly you, the media. You see, if you listen to the facts carefully, when 
somebody allegedly fired at the land cruiser belonging to national security. It was the local police in Garu who managed to contain the situation because they returned fire and the crowd that had massed up at the police station dispersed. What does that tell you? It simply means that the police on the ground were able to contain the situation. So why was it necessary to call in the military, which then stormed the area, raided the area, a day or so after, and visited brutalities on the people? The military are not trained for such operations, internal security operations. So when, when you abuse them by, de by deploying them to deal with a situation such as we experienced in Garu, you are bound to have brutalities. So just as we condemn the armed forces for meting out brutalities to the people of Garu, we are also interested in knowing who gave the order for the deployment of the military. Now, the first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Osei, also confirmed what he calls a broad consensus within the ruling New Patriotic Party. The Vice President, Dr. Mohamed Obaomi, and the party's flag bearer must choose his running mate from the Ashanti region. The Bekwa MP has been mentioned as a possible running mate. Joseph Osei also has been tipped as a potential running mate. But does he agree with this general view? Dr. Baumi is your leader now. Has he got those values? I see a lot of things like me and him hold themselves so well. So that's why you backed him primarily? Primarily. The kinds of values I think that a leader should have, he has them. Talking about that though, your party is clearly divided. I mean the results of your primary shoulder. You have Kennedy Dupont, by the way, who did exceedingly well. And he's been speaking recently saying, well, the, can't, the party can't take decisions without him anymore. You agree that he is now a power broker in your ranks? I don't know about that. There's only one leader. He's the presidential candidate. The party has structures for taking decisions. Stay with us. We'll take a break. We'll return with more.
get tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeter and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. you. The very thought of it fuels you. And even when the road gets rocky, you keep going. Just to get the results that matter. It could be about you. It could be the lives you touch. It could be about something dear to your heart. Such results leave a sweet lingering smile, a sense of fulfillment. That's why you work till late, yet rise with the sun. Yes, your drive knows no limit. Do it with Stanwick Bank, where we spur you on to get the results that matter. Malcolm Black Friday is back! Now bigger and better! From 3rd November to 3rd December, just enjoy flaming hot Black Friday unbeatable deals in all Malcolm stores nationwide and online. It's time to shop like never before! Malcolm Black Friday is back! And now live! Terms and conditions apply! Malcolm, where gotta shops! Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. But it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Why? Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? In life, you sometimes seem to be cruising along. 
but just when you least expect it, things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Geico Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare and finance. Glyco, we cushion you for life. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, it's your money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top five, we got Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Welcome back and thank you so much for staying with us. We have good news. The big portals at Kolibu Junction have now been repaired. It may be recalled that Joy News highlighted this stretch in the first edition of the Ghana Portal Exhibition. Before we get to the good news, let's take a trip down the memory lane. Chaz, it is the role of the media to scrutinize government. It is also important for the press to give them credit for their achievements. Now, one particular achievement for which the press has failed woefully in an unjust, unfair, and unsportsmanlike manner to give government credit for is this our potholes. Yes, Just look at them. Deep, wide, jagged-edged moon craters peppered artistically across the asphalt canvas of our national road network, turning 10-minute journeys into 50-minute torture sessions, wreaking almost as much havoc on your spine as your shock absorbers. Yes, Ghana's potholes are one of the uncelebrated triumphs of leadership for which our government must not only be lauded, but applauded. Now, what most people don't realize is that these monstrous death traps are not actually signs of the incompetence of our government supervisory bodies. They don't point to any lack of skill on the part of our road contractors. No, these are actually clear evidence of the unmitigated success of some of government's top flagship programs. Which programs, I hear you ask? For the answer to that profound question, we must take a closer look. Look at this one. Mid-sized, quite deep, uh, shaped like some sort of uh, asphalt amoeba. To you, this is an accident waiting to happen. But to the government, this is perfect for planting corn. Yes, sir. Baby, 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 baby,
just good for planting corn. Potholes are perfect for rice plantation. Ghana for Ghana for Pearsem Suasem. Tomatoes. Things need to be said and Even cocoa. As the rainy season approaches, the true value of these potholes becomes apparent. They are perfect for a farmer in planting, planting for food and jobs. So there you have it. If you have ever wondered why some of these potholes you see on virtually every road in this country of ours never get fixed, well, now you know. And that is not the only flagship program that government is delivering to rip-roaring success with these cherished and beloved potholes. There is also one village, one dam. Just think of the irrigation potential for the planting for food and jobs projects we saw earlier. And we're still not done. Look at this. Look at the deadly jagged edge of this particular beauty, shaped like the fangs of a village witch. Now, let's measure the depth. Some things need to be said and turn What do you think happens when your car hits this pothole at speed? Obviously, you immediately need spare parts. After a few encounters, a whole new car. If government is able to maintain a few of these widow-making potholes across the country, just think of what it will do for the automotive industry. One district, one factory. So the next time you feel like throwing your hands up in despair at the state of our rules, the next time you wonder why government keeps throwing money at incompetent contractors to construct roads which after three months will break out in potholes like a prepubescent teenager's face breaks out in pimples, just remember that these are the evidence of your government's stellar performance. Why would they cover them up? Reporting from Ahaya Kwanhu, my name is Kujo Yangsen. Yes, Interesting there, isn't it? Well, according to Jacqueline and Somayabua, the portals have been repaired and commuters are grateful, but they would like the government to do a better job. Well, five months ago, Join News shed light on the perilous state of potholes in Ghana. Right here at Kolebu Junction, uh, it was no different with all the other um, potholes that we highlighted. Um, Join News guest results today, as we can see, all the potholes right here at Kolebu Junction have been patched. This was not the state of this road, but when we got here today, all the roads are patched. Initially, due to the potholes, um, there was a bit of traffic hold up here, but um, that is less today. The traffic in this area has lessened due to the fact that the potholes have been patched. Um, just as you can see as where I am standing right now, it used to be a manhole, not even a pothole. It was in a very bad state where most of the commuters were complaining. Uh, we saw traffic. Uh, most of the drivers were complaining of having um, effects on their car anytime they use this route and um, right now let's speak to a couple of commuters who use this route often and uh, tell us how um, they see this road as compared to five months ago when this road was in a bad state right now we have the road is okay for us because if you are passing here in the night mostly we're getting accidents and other things about this route but right now I can say that is much better 
passed the uh, past few months ago. Okay. Yeah. So w- w- using this road often, did you encounter any challenges with your motorbike and other stuff? Did you encounter any challenges? In- but before I have a clear, uh, several mistakes on because of the portals. Okay, you had issues with your motorbike. Yeah, because of the portals anytime in the night. But as now, I'm passing, I know that the road is okay. No any portals. Yeah. Um, of course, yes, they have done it, but you can see that it's, it's almost like a ramp. They have fixed it, but it's not well. Even though it's, it's like we are still working on the portals. So I don't think it's well. So as, just comparing this to the previous one, which one is better? Uh, we, are, we are just managing. At least this is better, but it's not up to the standard. Okay. Exactly. Uh, it's not good. What's that, Jana? All right, so what do you think about the road now? It's not good. It's not good. You have to do asphalt for us. But comparing this to the previous one, the previous one was full of potholes, in fact, manholes. But now they've patched it. It's fine, but it's not good. They have to do it better one forever. The road was really bad, and this one was recently fixed. This one is okay, but it's not the best. If they resort to asphalt roads, it will be beneficial. The road has indeed been fixed, but it's not all that smooth. The road doesn't seem balanced. The hospital is just close by, and any time you drive a patient, especially the pregnant ones, it is risky. Well, the citizens have spoken, sharing the opinion about this newly repatched road. Uh, well, they are seeking for an extra intervention by the government in constructing this road. They believe that when it comes to this newly um, reconstructed road, um, they are seeking for an asphalt road. And moving forward, we hope that this wouldn't be the last that Joy News gets results when it comes to our potholes exhibition. We have a lot of potholes in Ghana that are yet to be fixed. Right here at Kolebu Junction, I am Jacqueline Ansmayabwa reporting for Joy News. And here in the studio, my name is Carlos Keloni. Now, away from the story, a mobile telecom provider has delayed in furnishing the Kumasi High Court with a transcript of all records of the missing lands commission officer, Rodalyn Amuadako. Now, the court has, however, ordered that the case in which a senior lecturer at the Petroleum Department of KNUST is accused of kidnapping his wife continues. The other comes as the third witness in the case testified in court during Monday's hearing. Now, Dr. Wilberforce Nkrumagri accused of kidnapping his wife, a 32-year-old mother of two, is standing trial with two men who sold and bought the missing woman's form. Now, Ohemi Tewia of our security desk was in court reports. The court also ordered the release of a Toyota Highlander vehicle belonging to Dr. Agri, which has been impounded since 2021. A mother of two was declared missing on August 30, 2021. Her husband, Dr. Wilberforce Nkrumah Agri, is on trial for kidnapping and deceit of public officer. He is in court with two others, Justice Apia and Jiao Amwatin, who traded an infinite phone of the senior Lang's administrative officer. Monday's hearing saw relatives and colleagues of the Mexican Rodalyn Amwadako in court, as well as accused persons. Presiding judge, his lordship Justice Daniel Obing, ordered the case to be continued despite the delay by the telecom company to release transcripts on all calls on the phone. The Mason Rodalyn Amuadakon. The order comes as defense counsel cross examined third prosecution witness on Monday 
which is expected to continue on December 12, 2023. The next agenda date. But family members who were in court with colleagues of the missing lady have been left disappointed in what they described as bureaucracies. Here is the mother, Cecilia Obenewa Apia. All these bureaucracies that are going on is not bringing my daughter. I need my daughter. That is the bottom line. The bottom line is that I need Rhoda. That is why I have appealed and I continually appeal to all Ghanaians. That's why we have put 100,000 Ghana cities on Rhoda. That whoever finds her or whoever has knowledge or whoever knows where she has been kept, please, I am on my knees. It's my daughter I need. It's not easy to bear with this situation. In fact, <laughs> I need help. The family of Rotterdam oh, last week announced a 100,000 Ghana cities reward for information on her whereabouts. Members of the public. Does managing your health care feel like a full-time job? Bounced from one doctor to the next? All the forms, the bills, the nada bills, the... Press 4 to repeat these options. Does healthcare have to be this way? At Kaiser Permanente, all of us work together to make healthcare easier. And with integrated care and coverage, all you have to do is focus on your health. Learn more at kp.org, Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. With information on her whereabouts, are to call either 053-5631-278 or 053-5583-513. From Kumasi, for Joy News, I'm Interior reporting. Take a brief break or return with Showbiz. Stay with us. Is our house. Let's keep it natural. Natural it is. <laughs> natural is definitely better. Fritally, the all-natural fruit juice. This advert is FDA approved.
Investment Limited. Welcome back and thank you so much for staying with us. My colleague uh, JQ joins me in studio with Showbiz. What do we have? Show with us. Well, Carlos, we have a lot. Um, how was your weekend, by the way? Um, I was still working. Saturday I was in my fair. Yesterday I was in my fair. Well, yeah. quite boring. Next weekend, you should step out. Um, but for today, in a recent interview on Heads FM, um, Ghanaian Afro singer uh, Rafael Kofi Atachi, popularly known as Kamido, um, has emphasized the importance of Ghanaians actively um, promoting their music globally for potential Grammy nominations. Last week, the Grammy nominations came out with no Ghanaian making the list. There was quite a huge reaction on social media. Sugarcane superstar Kamido has been sharing his views on what he thinks Ghanaians can do to make their craft reach the global audience. Mr. Arnold, I had his sub submission. I watched it yesterday and I think it made a lot of sense. Like he said that the Grammys have a criteria and so one of them is releasing your album in the American market you know because it's an American award and then you know so basically we just have to learn I guess we've not really did like people have not really learned or you know inquired how to you know uh, uh, submit whatever because there are a lot of these days they, they, they include a lot of African um, patrons and mm -hmm. all of that so and now that the I said I'm like I actually tweeted next year see you at the Grammys because at the end of the day if you make a quality product and then you market it in their mark in, in their market and you do all the you follow the criteria you know you stand a chance and I believe I'm like a great artist and I'll, I'll make a you know a great body of work so I just think that we just have to learn how to the criteria, their criteria and follow it and then I think that because Nigerians also had that problem I remember very well like so many artists had submitted or they did their tipping the consideration thing and then it didn't happen and then the next year they learnt everything and then boom they started getting you know the nomination so I think it's just us learning 
how it plays with them. The big question has been asked by Mensa and Manifest. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. For Joy News, I'm Jacqueline Ansma Yeboa. Wow. Well, we hope to see him at the Grammys next year. Sure, sure. All right, now, um, you know Mr. Logic, right? Yes. Okay, I thought you'd say you don't know and him. I, and I love the sugarcane, whatever. <laughs> the song. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Mr. Logic has been explaining how high life has been beneficial to the country but has failed. And while in the conversation with my colleague IB, Mr. Logic explained that reggae and other category of music is what puts the country on the map. He was speaking at the reggae album listening of DSL. It does. It does. It tells me how confident he is and how he believes in himself. That's the first sign of success. You need to believe that there's a space out there for you, regardless of what is being choked in. Afrobeat is being choked or not, but tell me, how many Afrobeat songs on the world market is from Ghana? We have less representation of, of, of Afrobeat on the world market. Okay. But we have, we have more of reggae out there. Stoneboy is a reggae artist. Chata is one of them. They, they only, you know, mix and blend sometimes Afrobeat, a little bit of our life and all that. These guys are reggae. Samini is a reggae dancer. He took the first mobile. Look, I can tell you, IB, our life has done nothing for this country. Our life music has brought no glory to Ghana. Only, okay, let's go back to Darwin. He won the Grammy. Isn't it? Yeah, got, he, sorry, sorry. Corrected. He got nomination. At least that was a big shine. Yeah, big step, huge step. Where was our life when Rocky was being nominated for the Grammy? Where was our life? Where, Charlie, look, let's take our time to identify our weakness and our strength in this music and stop being, you know, stop stigmatizing reggae as in we, we, for we. For Carlos, do you agree with what Mr. Logic is saying? I, I don't agree because uh, High Life has done a lot for us in this country, you know. So, well, High Life is our own, very own. Yeah. All right. Now, Ellie, I was asking you where you went over the weekend because over the weekend there mm. was a couple of celebrity weddings, viral weddings that went sure. on. Sure. So former Black Stars midfielder Emmanuel Ajiman Bedu um, tied a knot with his longtime partner, Rajita Efua Arthur, in a lavish wedding ceremony held over the weekend. The event took place uh, in Accra and was attended by a lot of people and several high-profile guests. Now, the ceremony was graced by several former football stars, including Kuja Samoa, um, Jerry Akaminko, uh, who came to support their fellow footballer on this special day. And, yeah, many more people came there, a lot of people. Carlos, you should have been there. Yeah, sure, sure. It was really amazing. Now, we also had um, Carlibos, yeah, who also tied the knot with his fiancée uh, in a very lavish wedding. Now, the couple celebrated their traditional wedding on Friday. And it went viral because a lot of people were not expecting that. And also this joyous occasion um, was graced by um, various celebrities, including Prince David Osai, James Gardner, Bismarck the Joke, and Ahofa Patricia. You know, you know Ahofa Patricia? Yeah, I know her. She was there, actually. Yeah, she was. And yeah. she was like the talk of the day. People yeah. were talking about the fact that, um, you know, we have a lot of theories when it comes to Ahofa Patricia and Kalewas. So. Yeah. That was a big occasion this weekend. It was full of weddings, glam and glitz. Yeah. Great, great, JQ. That was so, so nice. And uh, that's all for uh, Showbiz. And that's it for this bulletin. Actually, you can log on to myjoyonline.com for more. My name is Carlos Scaloni, Prime Business. It's up next.
that drives you. The very thought of it fuels you. And even when the road gets rocky, you keep going. Just to get the results that matter. It could be about you. It could be the lives you touch. It could be about something dear to your heart. Such results leave a sweet lingering smile. A sense of fulfillment. That's why you work till late, yet rise with the sun. Yes, your drive knows no limit. Do it with Standing Bank, where we spare you art to get the results that matter. Customer, customer. Ah, one of our daily lucky winners dial star 946 hash to play now or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com game park is regulated by the national lottery authority here's the thing about us we are all more than just one thing like Grace here, all her students call her the best teacher ever. As for Grace's teacher, all she can say is, hmm, she tries hard. On weekends, she's called Grace the Ace. And when you're in front, of course, you have a following. While at home, she has a following that is sometimes harder to impress. Well, Minister of Home Finance, we are impressed. That's why we offer every kind of banking solution for every kind of you. Should I listen for you? It's okay, Grandma. You can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I brought plenty for you. Then you know that that Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Hey, Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. 
When malaria strikes, take Mala 2, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Côte d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. It's brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switched to Bell Pack today. Welcome to Prime Business with me, Emma Davis. To our stories, panel members of the Joy Business Thought Leadership Forum have advised governments not to introduce new taxes in the 2024 budget. They argued that businesses are already struggling under the current tax regime. Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mark Bedua Boaje, was part of the panel and called for removal of nuisance taxes. Of disappointment over the years where we've had a situation where we've presented what we think that should be the case for Ghana looking at the business environment and what businesses are talking about mm -hmm. but in the end you look at the budget that will come out and it's, it's so heavy on taxes mm -hmm. a budget that is supposedly uh, being support and to boost productivity you see numerous taxes mm -hmm. in those budgets and I, I think that that is not helping us we have done that um, presenting our input we are hopeful this time around looking at the various engagement that we have had and of course we've also received some assurances from the minister in some of the other engagement that 
they have heard our cry and they actually know the impact of these taxes on, on businesses. Mm. And for me, I mean, everybody now can see what is happening. Even if you are not uh, within the business circle, when you go and the prices are up, you could see that the one who is producing is producing at a higher cost. And of course, it's translating into, into prices. And it's also obvious that if you look at GDP for the first quarter mm. and second quarter, you realize the impact of these taxes and other costs on the cost of production mm. of businesses. Mm. In fact, but for the services sector, all the major sectors that have the potential to drive the economy, the mm. industrial sector, the manufacturing sector, the construction sector, they all contracted. Mm. And it is because uh, inflation is high, it's because uh, interest rates are high, mm. it's because taxes are high. So when you put all together, basically they are not making any profit. Do Ministry of Food and Agriculture is of strong conviction that the Akosomo Dam spillage will not affect food availability. According to Deputy Minister of Food and Agriculture, Yao Frimpong Ado, the ministry is undertaking an assessment of the extent of the impact of the spillage on farmlands in the enclave, but he is optimistic the national food basket will not be affected. Speaking at a donation ceremony by the Agricultural Development Bank to the Farmers' Day celebration, Mr. Frimpong Ado also hinted of some financial support to affected farmers of the spillage. To the effects of climate change, Ghana has been experiencing rising levels of rainfall, causing water levels to rise beyond the maximum operation capacity. This led to the Akosomo Dam spillage, which began on 15th September 2023. The spillage led to the displacement of 31,000 people as of 19th October 2023 in eight communities along the Volta River downstream. The extent of the damage to farmlands have not been been ascertained, but Deputy Minister of Food and Agriculture, Yao Frimpong Addo, says his ministry is conducting an assessment and will soon share the findings. We've had several meetings uh, on, the, on, the, on the flooding, the effect on agriculture and everything. We've not come out uh, yet with a, uh, with a blueprint so that uh, we, we, very soon, uh, it will not be long. I, I, I don't want to um, say anything about it now. We, we, I don't want to take the wind out of the sea. Something good is, is going to happen. You know, he made mention of some some uh, $40 million that we're going to use part to, to support agriculture in that enclave. And all these things are being worked out. And uh, uh, I, I know something good is going to come out. We got uh, figures, real figures of uh, farmlands that have been affected and looking at the total figures of the what we produce in this country and what the farm the the, the heritage that have been affected there's no way that one is going to have any uh, adverse effects on our food security so people should be uh, uh, rest assured the Agricultural Development Bank donated 1 million CDs to the Ministry of Agric to award the 2023 National Best Farmer. He is Deputy Managing Director for ADB, Eno Ufuriata. We are here to pledge our sponsorship of 1 million to the 1 million Ghana CDs. <laughs> to the 20, thank you. To the 2023 National Best Farmer and to reiterate our commitment to enhance 
our investment in the agricultural sector to improve uh, food security, provide raw materials and to agro-based uh, industries and create employment to the teeming youth of the country. This year's National Farmers Day celebration will be climaxed with an awards ceremony at Takwa in the Western region. The University of Ghana Business School says it will continue to provide quality business education through various partnerships. According to the Dean for the School, Professor Jaws Baole, it will engage various key stakeholders within the economy in its quest to bridge in the academia and industry gap. He was speaking at the Axis Pensions Young Scholars Fellowship Awards Ceremony. EGBS Access Pension Scholarship is a scheme which seeks to provide financial support to needy and brilliant regular main campus students of the University of Ghana Business School. Professor Justice Bowley called for more support from corporate entities. The program has a promise of 200,000 Ghana cities annually to support needy but brilliant students. Madam Chair, I'm happy to um, inform you and the gathering that there was a very, very elaborate process to select the students who have become our first cohort of the Aziz Pension Scholars, Young Scholars Fellowship Program. Vice Chancellor of the University of Ghana, Nana Abba Apia Amfuchai, the scholars to be an epitome of excellence. These scholars will go on to contribute to society, drive economic growth, and propel positive change. They are the embodiment of hope for a better and more inclusive world. As we outdoor this partnership today, we also extend an invitation to other corporate institutions to support this noble endeavor. This is an opportunity for all of us as members of the corporate community to step forward and demonstrate our commitment to extend quality education to underprivileged students. Board Chair of Access Pensions, Ernest Abibu, pledged to expand the project to other universities. The Access Young Scholars Fellowship Program, born out of our ethos of community service, represents our long-term com commitment to directing a significant proportion of our CSR budget, corporate social responsibility budget towards tertiary education. We hope to expand this program to other faculties and universities in the coming years as the law blesses us with more resources. That's all for Prime Business tonight with me, Emma Davis. For more business news, do log on to myjoyonline.com. Have a good evening.
an exhilarating experience at the main fair of the 2023 Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. Doors will be open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day to welcome you. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. Whether you're embarking on your home ownership journey or looking for upgrades, this fair is your destination for all things housing. Encounter a comprehensive assembly of stakeholders from Ghana's housing and construction sectors. Engage the experts across the spectrum of home creation and enhancement. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Planned City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats, Rent to Own, and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough. Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, complete security solution. DBS, your roof experts. Virtual InfoSec Africa, security solutions by design. Alphabet City, the ABC of Home Sweet Home. St. Gobain Weber, Jiprock, Prorock, Placo, Isover. Making the world a better home. Clifton Homes, beautiful homes, wise investments. The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Another welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao, and let's start off with Ghana's Women's Premier League champions, Ampem Dakwa. Uh, they are set to receive at least $200,000 after sealing a place in the semi-final of the 2023 CAF Women's Champions League. The Wafu B champions secured a 3-1 win over Equatorial Guinea inside Hurricane Football Club to ensure they made it out of the Group B, having lost one and won another in their first two group games. Advancing to the knockout stage of the competition means that uh, the girls are assured a whopping $200,000 as prize money in their debut appearance. A place in the final will also see them receive at least $250,000 in total if they finish as runners-up while winning the third edition of the competition. We'll see them take home the coveted trophy as uh, well as a cash prize of $400,000. Prize money for the competition was introduced last year during the second edition in Morocco after no money was involved in the maiden edition in Egypt back in 2021. Pemdakwa will face fellow debutant sporting club Casablanca in the semi-final on Wednesday, November 5th and November 15th, looking to seal a place in the last two. 
Now, medical doctor. Does managing your health care feel like a full-time job? Bounced from one doctor to the next? All the forms, the bills, the not a bills, the... Press 4 to repeat these options. Does health care have to be this way? At Kaiser Permanente, all of us work together to make health care easier. And with integrated care and coverage, all you have to do is focus on your health. Learn more at kp.org, Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Jessica, this is the happiest day of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV and insured it with Progressive. Man, I love that thing. There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. And sports physician Dr. Prince Pambo has cautioned athletes to pay close attention to the state of their bodies in the pursuit of their career. According to the renowned sports physician, athlete must not be overtaken by their passion for the game at the expense of their health. He has been speaking to Joyce Force following the unfortunate demise of Ghana International, Rafael Jamina. Always preached on this side that the only way we can uh, be successful with early detection would be to make our pre-competition medical assessment mandatory. And um, at the level of uh, Confederation African Football um, competitions, uh, CAF would not allow anyone to compete in any CAF um, sponsored or CAF affiliated competition or tournament if you do not go through uh, medical assessment successfully. So this is mandatory and we ensure this is done at the various um, local levels or various league levels in various countries. It is also mandatory that before you can uh, be able to register a player to play in any division, you should be able to go through comprehensive uh, medical assessment. What we are mm-hmm. lacking or what is basically a challenge on this side right. is the fact that when you even pick the basic uh, problems, the, the the ability to do further evaluation to be able to say this is uh, sport-related or this is probably uh, a medical problem then becomes a problem. Now, to so the Ghana Premier League, Adrian Stars made a statement of intent on Monday, earlier today, when they extended their winning streak in the Ghana Premier League to five matches. The Oja boys trashed Bibiani Gold Stars three goals to nil at the Nanajiman Bedu Park in match day 10 encounter to reclaim the top spot. They lead the table with 21 points, two goals from Wenger, Emmanuel Jemfi, and another from Inform Isaac Minta in the first half ensured the three points remained in Doma Ahinkro. They won't give up. Kokuwaki lays on the pass. Banahini beats him to it. He fights back to recover. Sam Adams once again to the far side. Yes, Emmanuel Jeffy. And he did the net for the first goal of the afternoon. Goalkeeper Joseph Bar came out rushing but could not do anything about it. It was Emmanuel Jeffy's control and header which beat him to it there. Goalkeeper Joseph Bar came out completely beaten. And it's Emmanuel Jeffy. It's a long ball threaded away by Pokuwaki through the middle. Isaac Peter lays on the pass. It's Jeffy again. Lifts it over the goalkeeper. This is the intelligent 
nicely by Isaac Mita laid on the pass. Realized that Jaffe had taken off and also realized that Joseph Brown was up. It's a long free kick. Had the opportunity for Ronald Frippong. And the second opportunity this time is grabbed by goalkeeper. Yawan Safofro. Oh, nicely controlled his children. But Pokuwaki! Oh! Decent cross from Pokuwaki. Nicely tapped in by Isaac Mita. And it's Adriana FC3. Bibiani goal stars nil. Take a look at the Ghana Premier League table as it stands now. And Adriana Stars uh, reclaimed that top spot. 21 points they've got there for the Karahata folk. They're somewhere in the 11th position. But for Kumasi Santikotok, however, the yeah, bottom in the relegation zone. So you can see the table there. And San Germain in second place. Samatex in third place. Bekum Chelsea. And completing the top four there. Midiama Girl Olympics. But for Katana, Dreams FC, Bechim United and Crow Lions all in that first 10 of the table. But look at Krahata Folk, 12 points after 10 games in 11th position. Then Ligon City's follows Nations FC, Gold Star, Stavale, and for Kumasias and Tukotoko, they are in the relegation zone. 10 points from 10 games. And Karela United, second from the bottom, Heart of Lions, languishing at the bottom of the table. 10 games, 7 points. In the African Football League, South African side, Mamelodi Sundowns were crowned the first ever African Football League champions after a 2-0 second leg victory. But with that, Casablanca sealed a 3-2 aggregate triumph. Sundowns went into the home leg trailing to goals one, but turned the tie around thanks to goals from Peter Saluli and Aubrey Modiba at Russia's Loftus Vestful Stadium in Pretoria. The host started slowly as we that disrupted their rhythm through intensive pressing and fouls. But Sundown's persistence paid off when Sholuli pounced on the rebound of the Yusif El Muti. Parried Teboha Mokone's shot in the first half, stoppage time. And uh, five minutes uh, after the break, it was Modiba who intercepted. So that's Sholuli uh, pouncing on that ball by the uh, with that goalkeeper there. But five minutes later, Sundowns will take the lead again, and I will see them take a 3-2 aggregate lead and to clinch the first ever African Football League. And uh, that was the build-up there. Ball sweetly intercepted, Sundowns running, and a beautiful goal there to give Sundowns the win over there. And uh, the triumph caps a historic continental triumph for Sundowns, who have now become the first champions of the new African Football League and we'll go home with $4 million cash prize. That was at stake for all the eight participating teams. Now, a golf tournament was organized at Bemakam to celebrate the arrival of the Bank of Africa's Ghana's new managing director. The tournament drew quite a number of staff at the Burma camp, and my colleague Kwame Benai was there, and he came through with this report. Bank of Africa, Ghana, organized the golf tournament at the Buknakim Golf Course as a way of celebrating the arrival of the new managing director, Abdurrahman Belbashir. The tournament, which took place on Saturday, saw hundreds of participants at the Buknakim Golf Course in Burma camp to partake in the event. Speaking to Joy Sports, outgoing managing director of Bank of Africa, Kobi Anda, 
spoke on the motive behind the tournament. The purpose of this championship is for me um, to introduce the new incoming MD of Bank of Africa. And um, he's a golfer himself, so we thought it was a good opportunity for him to meet the Ghanaian community. He's Moroccan, he was the MD in um, um, Rwanda. So this is his first time being in Ghana, so we thought it was a good opportunity to um, have a competition. As you know, golf brings people of all classifications together. So being a golfer himself, it was a good opportunity for him to meet uh, the Ghana, Ghanaian community. New managing director Abdurrahman Ibelbashe thanked the outgoing MD could be under for a good job done. Well, I am very proud and very honored to come in Ghana and to take over Bank of Africa Ghana after Kobe Anda who made a tremendous job for this bank and I hope that I will continue on this direction and I will help this bank to grow more and to support more the economy of Ghana. He also added that in his tenure Bank of Africa will invest in golf to make it a better sport in the country. Yes, the game of golf is interesting because we, it's the opportunity to meet many people, to understand, to, to, to socialize with many people and to, to meet a lot of people. But the, the, the bank will continue to invest more in the economy to support the small and medium enterprises, to small retail customers and the corporate and to, to try to, to develop its footprint. And investing in golf and sponsoring this golf is a part of our marketing activities to better let to better then the bank will be, be more well known in the one in the Ghanaian market. Well, very interesting there. But to England, very sad uh, news there where family and fans and footballers have bid the final farewell to Manchester United. And England legend, Sir Bobby Shelton, about 1,000 mourners paid their respect to one of the game's all-time greats at his funeral earlier today. Crowds lined the streets as the cortege arrived at the Old Trafford to rounds of applause before he travelled on to Manchester Cathedral. The Red Devils icon, who made 758 appearances for the club, died at the age of 86 on October 21. Shelton family and friends were joined by leading figures from across the football for the funeral. Former Manchester United manager Sir Alex Ferguson was there, Peter Schmeichel was there, and a few other players were there to bid farewell to the football legend Sir Bobby Shelton. May his gentle soul rest in peace. And on that note, that's all we have for you on Prime Sport with Mirrors Atmosphere. Sports segments was brought to you by... Mende DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.